Come on, let's love Jesus all across this building. Hallelujah, Lord, we give you praise. Come on, somebody give him praise in this house. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, let's clap our hands and give God a shout of praise here today. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Amen. I love feeling the presence of the Lord. How about you? Amen. I love coming into the house of God and, amen, extending my hands in worship. Amen. And I'm not just reaching my hands up in the thin air. Amen. I, I am lifting my hands up into the presence of God. Amen. And I am experiencing and encountering, amen, the moving of God's spirit. Amen. And I'm so grateful for that in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. I'd like to say it's so good, amen, to have all of our guests and our visitors. Amen. I also want to say it's good to have the Honaker family, amen, out in Carson City with us. Amen. In Jesus' name and the house of the Lord with us today. Amen. At this time, we'd like to dismiss our Sunday school students to their classrooms with their teachers. Amen. And as is our custom, everybody say, God bless our Sunday school kids. And God bless our teachers. Amen. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. For everyone else that remains in the house of the Lord in the sanctuary today, I'd like to draw your attention to the book of Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews 11 and verse 21. I'll give you a minute to get there. Hebrews 11 and verse 21. Amen. What wonderful prayer meeting we had around here last night. Amen. I still feel the lingering presence of God. Amen. In this sanctuary. And I just felt it last night. I told the church that was there. I said, man, I just feel like victory. I just feel like God's going to give somebody victory today. And God's going to help us. Amen. And I'm looking forward to what the Lord's going to do. In, in the house of the Lord here today. Let's not forget to, amen, remember to continue. We pray for prayer requests here at church, amen, every service, amen. But if you remember them when you're praying, I want you to take them home and pray about them, amen, some of the names and some of the different circumstances, amen, because I believe that when the church prays, miracles happen, amen. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 21. I'm just going to preach what I feel like God laid on my heart for this service. Man, let me just say this. Man, we had great church the last week. Amen. Uh, for those of you that were there or listened online, my father-in-law preached on uh, on Wednesday. If you didn't get a chance to listen, go back and listen. Amen. It's both uh, in Spanish and in English, but it's it's good. It was uh, setting the atmosphere, faith, hope, and love in the church, and it was awesome. And then again, uh, Brother Riley last week, amen, letting us know that there is no middle ground in God. Amen. It's just a wonderful, wonderful uh, final, final Sunday, amen, for uh, the the, la the first month of the year, January, just to remind us that we have no middle ground in God. And we, a lot of people made decisions and commitments to the Lord, and I believe it's going to affect not only this year, but it's going to also affect their eternity in Jesus' name. Amen. So I'm thankful for what the Lord's been doing, and I feel I haven't preached in three months, so I'm going to preach for four hours today. No, I'm kidding. If you don't know me, I'm not a long-winded preacher, and I also got this thing right here to bless all you. It's called a timer to make sure I'm not preaching too long. Amen. Because I know that you're, you can only, uh, that the, the ears can only endure what the seat can endure. So, praise God. Let's have church here today. What do you say? Amen. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 21. The Bible says this. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed both the sons of Joseph and worshipped, leaning 
upon the top of his staff. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, everybody said when he was dying, blessed both the sons of Joseph and worshipped. Everybody say and worshipped. Leaning upon the top of his staff. And I want to preach to us for a few moments on this subject. Leaning is worship. Leaning is worship. Would you set down your Bibles and let's pray all across this house. Hallelujah. I believe God's going to give victory to somebody here today. I believe God's going to bring about miracles. Hallelujah. God's going to do great things, and it's going to work in us, amen, and through us, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. And God, we are giving you great praise and glory and honor. Amen. I pray, Lord, that you would fill up this house, fill up the altars, God. Fill up, amen, with your presence, God, with miracles, signs, and wonders following in Jesus' wonderful name. And everybody say amen. Turn to your neighbor before you seat and tell him leaning is worship. And God bless you. You may be seated. When you look through the book of Hebrews, especially Hebrews 11, we call it the heroes of faith, the chapter of faith, the hall of faith. Uh, man, there are many interesting characters there. But one thing that's always intrigued me is how somebody ended up there. I, I often, uh, being a student of the Word of God, I have... I have made it my life's goal, not just because I'm a preacher, uh, because I read the Bible long before I was a preacher. In fact, I'm a preacher because I read the Bible. I don't read the Bible because I'm a preacher, but amen, that just goes without saying. But I've always read the Word of God, and I've looked at some of these characters that ended up in the Hebrews 11, heroes of faith, and I often think to myself, how and why did that individual end up in that chapter? Amen. When looking to uh, write Amen. About all the great heroes of faith, you see some names pop up. Amen. And there, there are a lot of unlikely names, amen, of people that ended up in that chapter. And one of those people that has ended up in that book is Jacob. Amen. Jacob is one of my most studied characters in the Bible because he's an interesting fellow. Uh, although Jacob was, in many ways, the most illustrious of the patriarchs, and ultimately the one that was given the name Israel, where we get the nation of Israel, it cannot be denied that in some respects he was the least uh, attractive to emulate. Amen. Uh, if you are looking through the Bible, as many new people that look at the book, uh, it is not like the Quran. This is not like uh, uh, some of these other religious texts, not like the Book of Mormon, where every character in the book seems to sparkle and shine. Amen. This is not like that book. Amen. In fact, uh, there are people throughout some of these other religious texts that as you read them, you find out real quick that they are beyond reaching, that they are, uh, they are too good, that they are uh, almost perfect, and nobody has a bad story to tell about the individual that they're writing about. But uh, what's beautiful about the Bible is it doesn't pull the punch. Amen. It lets you know just how messed up everybody really is. That's just one of the many reasons I believe in the Bible because the Bible is, amen, a book full of real people that serve a real God who loves those real people in a real way. Hallelujah. 
I'm thankful for this book. I'll tell you why. Because there are many times when I would never line up to another religious text, that I would never find myself in that book. But time and time again, when I read the falling and the failings of man, I find myself, amen, amongst good company of people that though they though they failed and though they fail and though they made mistakes, uh, they had one thing in common. Uh, they loved the one true living God, and that one true living God loved them. Oh, somebody give the Lord a hand clap of praise if you're thankful to be in that kind of company. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. He was, if you're going to read the Bible, though, amen, to look for somebody to emulate, uh, Jacob would not be my first choice. Uh, I don't think that's somebody you should choose to emulate because uh, when you look at him, just the mention of his name, if you are a student of the Word of God, you will, you will see that even mentioning his name, meaning heel grabber, it reminds us of his, of his lesser and more, more baser character. Amen. It reminds us of his meanness, of his selfishness, and of the complexity of his personality. It is in the extremes of this man's character which we, we seem to be startled by. It's the all-about-me way that Jacob lived his life that is something that, that all of us seem to despise a little bit. Uh, amen. It's something that we do not look forward to trying to become. Amen. It's not something we want to emulate. It's not a good character quality. And everybody said amen. Hallelujah. Amen. When we think of Jacob, we think of, amen, immediately all of the negative things in which he did. We first think of how he tricked and stole his brother's birthright. Amen. The fact Amen, that he lied and tricked his father just so he could get a blessing. The pattern of Jacob is that he always runs from his problems, he always runs from his mistakes, and he's always got an excuse as to why he did not deal with it at the moment. Amen. Uh, he, he also, amen, if you look through his life, uh, he refuses to serve God without conditional serving of God. That if you'll bless me, if you'll take care of me, then I might consider serving you. Uh, amen. At the beginning of his life, he had no intention of living for God. And then finally, we can think to ourselves about the years uh, that he served Laban while simultaneously robbing him of all of his wealth uh, and of his family by shady dealings. That's not somebody you want to emulate. If you're going to have a business, don't be like Jacob. <laughs> Hallelujah. If you're going to live for God, don't live for God like Jacob. Amen. And then ultimately we see Jacob, one of our final images of Jacob. Amen. As we read through his story is he's wrestling at Jabbok. And he's wrestling with an angel of the Lord. He's wrestling with God. And he is refusing to submit himself to God. Yet, by mentioning Jacob in Hebrews chapter 11, the Holy Ghost selects a fragment of this man's life with which to illustrate his faith towards God. No mention is made of all the amazing and complicated events which took place earlier in his life. Amen. In just one pen stroke, amen, the point is made and it's drawing our attention to that of a dying Jacob, an old man Jacob, that is blessing the Lord, that is blessing his children 
children that is worshiping and that is leaning upon the top of his staff. It's not going to talk about the fact that he failed God. It's not going to talk about the fact that he lost out with his brother. It's not going to talk about all of his misdealings and his crooks, uh, his crookery and, and the way that he robbed and stole and lied and cheated and stole. Amen. What it's going to talk about is that at the end of his life, uh, upon his last bit of energy, while he is dying, uh, he's made the decision uh, that I'm going to be a blessing uh, and I'm going to worship uh, even if it means I got to lean while I do it. I wish there would be some folks uh, that even if you only have a little bit of energy today, you would give that bit of energy to Jesus. Uh, that if you only got a little bit of life left in you, that you would choose to give that life that you got in you, uh, that femaleness you got in you, uh, and give it to the Lord, uh, even if it means you got to lean while you do it. Oh, somebody ought to give God a shout of praise and a shout of victory. What a wonderful picture it is. Amen. What does it mean when we say that by faith, Jacob, when he was dying, worshiped? Amen. Because it takes faith when you're dying to worship. It takes faith when you don't have a lot of energy to worship. It takes faith that at the end and the final years of your life, you make a decision, I'm going to worship the Lord. Amen. It takes faith to make the decision that even after all the mistakes that I've made and everything I've done wrong, amen, in the life that I've lived, I have chosen to give God the latter years of my life to serve him, to worship him, to adore him. Come on, somebody. While he was feeble, while his body was tired, uh, when he didn't know if he had the strength to do it, uh, the Bible says that Jacob, uh, even though he was leaning upon his staff, uh, he adored God. Uh, he worshiped God. Uh, he praised God uh, for all that God had brought him through, uh, for everything that God was to him and what God was for him. Uh, amen. He got, he got so excited that as he worshiped, he Bless the prospect of the future that his son Joseph had some kids and said there's still going to be some people long after I'm dead and gone that are going to praise the Lord. He made a decision. I'm going to use the latter end of my life to be a blessing. I'm going to use the last years of my life to be an honorable person. I'm going to use the last years of my life, amen, to worship and to serve. Oh, somebody ought to give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Amen. But what gets Jacob to this point, amen, where we read about him as a hero who is by faith dying but still worshiping, blessing, and leaning, what gets us to that point? We find in that moment at Jabbok where Jacob is wrestling with God. He is refusing to submit himself to God. Amen. He is he is fighting. Amen. I know there's people that right now, that's where you're at. Amen. Even after last Sunday's message, there's some folks still wrestling. Uh, amen. They're laying there in the middle ground trying to find some middle place where they're living for God but not quite living for God. That they are, amen, a worshiper, amen, on Sunday but not on Monday. They are living, amen, trying to find a gray area in God. But as we heard last week, there is 
no gray area in God. Amen. You're either with God or you're not with God. Amen. The Bible says whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Amen. We've got to live by faith. we got to preach faith. we got to let faith come by hearing. And, brother, we got to walk by faith and not by sight. we got to live faith. Jacob is wrestling, trying to decide. Amen whether or not he's going to live for God or not. He's wrestling with his destiny, wrestling with what God has called him to be. Uh, amen. He has not made the decision uh, on whether or not he's truly going to serve God. Uh, he is fighting and he is wrestling and he will not let go even though God is telling him to let go. Uh, and the Bible declares that the angel of the Lord uh, reached out his hand and touched the hollow of his thigh. <laughs> oh, man, thank God for a touch of God. I'll tell you what, there's nothing like a touch of God that will help people to make up their mind. Come on, hallelujah. Anybody ever experienced that? There's nothing like a good move of God where all of a sudden you get touched and that touch forever changes you. There's nothing like God moving in a service just like this one where you come down to the altar with your mind made up. Amen. I'm not doing nothing for God. And God starts touching you and tears begin to flow down your face and you make a decision. I'm going to serve God for the rest of my life. I came in with different motives, but I'm walking out that door a different man, a different woman, a different husband, a different, come on somebody, you, you let God touch you and it will change you. If God will get his hand on you, he'll change you and I forever. Oh, somebody ought to love him all across this house. There is nothing like a touch from God to forever alter an individual. That's why, amen, one of the reasons we call this the altar because it's the altar that alters, amen, it changes you, it, it, it molds you, it shapes you, amen. When you come down to the altar, not only do you touch God, but God will touch you, amen. And the Bible says God touched him, amen, in the hollow of his thigh was put out a joint, amen. Some translations say that the sinew shrunk upon him, where, amen, it is as if his leg shrunk up a little bit. God said, you're never going to be able to fix this, not with a cast, you can't fix this, amen with a little bit of physical therapy. Uh, this is something that you can't fix by medical means. Uh, and the Bible says he shrunk the hollow of his thigh. And from that point forward, uh, amen, he was a little bit off balance. <laughs> Hallelujah. Jacob was a little bit off balance uh, for the rest of his life. We got some folks like that in church. Hallelujah. Amen, but in a good way. Hallelujah. Amen. There's some folks before you came to God, you were off balance, but that's because you were at the bar. But amen, there's something about the touch of God that'll that'll get a hold of you and, and forever you'll never be able to stand flat-footed where everywhere you go, you, uh, you've got a little bit of balance problem. Amen. And Jacob wrestled with God until he was changed forever. Amen. Not only was this a physical where he now walked with a limp and he was off balance and he was off kilter, but we also find, uh, amen, that that it was a spiritual changing that from this point forward, uh, amen, Jacob always walked knowing where he was going to go, knowing how he was going to walk. Uh, this was his world. You were just in it. And God, amen, whether or not God existed didn't matter to him. Uh, but once God got a hold of him, once God touched him, uh, from that point forward, uh, he was no longer able to live life his own way. Uh, he was no longer able to walk uh, by his own strength uh, or by his own power. Uh, but for the rest of his days, uh, he found himself, uh, amen, he found himself a little bit uh, of something to hold on. Amen, I got to get this thing off here. 
here. Amen. Here's my staff. He found himself something that would help him when he didn't have balance. He found himself something that when he would fall over, amen, where he would have just relied on his own strength before, he found something where he could hold on to it. He could, he could hold on to it, and it would hold him up. There are people in this house, amen, that you have let God touch you, and it has forever changed you, and it has forever altered you, amen, and it's not just so God, amen, you went through some trouble, you went through some trials, and you think it was just about you going through hard things, but God had a plan through all of it, that when you get done, you won't walk the way you used to walk. Come on, they sang about it. You won't talk the way you used to talk. You won't live the way you used to live because now you can't rely upon yourself. Now you need something else to hold you up. Amen. He needed that, he needed that limp that God gave him. Now he had a reminder because it was that limp that led to his lean, and it was that lean that led him to worship. Hallelujah. There are people in this house that are fighting God's working in their life. They want God to just leave them alone because it's painful. Amen. You feel some things shrinking back in your life. You feel some things removing from you. The stability you thought you had is starting to fade. But what you don't understand is that God is using all these things to work together for your good. Somebody ought to lift up your hands. Come on, somebody ought to lift up your hands and magnify the Lord and give God praise. Come on, don't fight the limp. Come on, don't fight the lean. Lean into Jesus. Lean into the kingdom of God. Lean into the church. If I got to be off balance, I'm going to be off balance on God's side. If I got to be off balance, I'm going to be off balance on the Lord's side. What do you think of when you hear the word worship? Many of us will think about singing, dancing, the raising of hands, bowing down, the kneeling, the running the aisles, amen, the jumping, the shouting, amen, the, the, the twirls, amen, amen, or is it laying down prostrate before God, amen, these are all certainly expressions of worship, they are all proper and biblical, in fact, we have a mandate, amen, to give God praise with passion and with exuberance, I've, be, I've become, amen, convinced that it's not really worship if you don't put something into it. That doesn't mean you got to jump every service, but if there's no sacrifice of praise, if there's no exertion on your end, I'm convinced it's not really worship. Amen. You might lift your hands and cry. That's exertion. Or you might dance and shout like a madman. That's exertion. But I'm telling you, Amen. God is looking for these expressions of worship. They're all okay, and God asks for them, and God demands them. I want to tell you why. God does not need our worship, but we need to worship. Do you know worship's in your DNA? Worship is in your blood. It is in It is in who we are. Amen. We worship all sorts of things. We worship all sorts of ideas and ideals. We just don't recognize when we're doing it. You ever seen somebody at a football game? That's called worship. 
They'll wait in line for five hours. Amen. Just to get, amen, a nosebleed seat where they can't really see what's going on. And they'll be out there in the freezing cold with all the snow landing on them. They won't have a problem. Amen. But I want to tell you, we got to be careful. There's a world out there that is willing to do that for their God. I want to know, is there anybody in this house that's willing, amen, to show up 30 minutes before a service to be in the house of the Lord to pray? Oh, man, it sure is cold in the church. Well, it might be cold in the church, but if you move, it won't be cold for long. It ain't as cold as a football field, amen, on a Sunday morning. Uh, it's not as cold as it will be, uh, amen, for some folks that are getting out a morning run so they can train for the Olympics. Uh, amen, I want to tell you there's some folks uh, that need to give themselves over to worshiping God. Amen, when we think about worship, those are usually the things we think of. But we have an unfortunate tendency to oversimplify the idea of worship to the point where we simply equate worship to the outward expressions. Amen. We only say that worship, amen, is the running, the jumping, the shouting, the dancing. But I've come to preach to somebody that leaning is worship too. Yeah, leaning on God is worship too. What Jacob did certainly does not look like a miracle of faith, but I want to tell you it sure was for somebody, amen, that didn't serve God for most of his life, for somebody that had a nature that was full of things you and I should never want to emulate, that at the end of his life while he's dying, he is leaning upon his staff, and that staff is a reminder that God touched me, and I was forever changed. And if I can't walk without holding on to this staff, I sure can't walk without God holding me up. And so I'm going to worship God with this reminder that I'm leaning on something stronger than me. I'm unbalanced, but I'm leaning on something that is greater than me. Oh, somebody ought to lift up your hands. By leaning on that staff, amen, he would always remember the miracle that God had wrought in his life. That in breaking his stubborn will, amen, his learning to lean upon the staff now symbolized his helplessness, his moment-by-moment dependence upon something stronger than him, which would remind him his moment-by-moment dependence upon a God that was greater than he would ever be, that was stronger than he would ever be. He he is now worshiping God now that he's a broken man now that he has relied on himself all his life he's got to remind himself I cannot do this by myself I've got to rely on God I've got a daily testimony I made it through the day because I relied on something that was greater than me I leaned on something that was stronger than me oh somebody lift up your hands on this pray I'm almost done preaching but somebody needs to pray in this house. Come on, instead of fighting that situation that's causing you to limp in life, why don't you embrace it and grab a hold of something stronger than you and say, God, I'm going to walk through life. Amen. But I'm going to lean upon the Lord. Amen. We all have things in our life that cause us to lean. Sometimes... It's the trials of life that cause us to lean. You know, there's, and I'll probably preach about this in another time, but there's two types of pain. There's the pain that hurts. Nobody likes that kind of pain. 
Amen. And there's a pain that will change you forever. Hallelujah. And I don't like those either. But they both come in life. And sometimes it is that pain that changes you and I forever. It changes who we were. There's some folks that if it had not been for that trial, you would not be here today. If it had not been for that loss, you would not be in the house of the Lord today. You would not be serving God today. Your family would not be serving God today. If it had not been, uh, amen, for the challenges that you had faced. Uh, if it had not been for the bills you could not pay. Uh, if it had not been for the grief you endured. Uh, if it had not been for the doctor's report that scared you back into the house of the Lord. Uh, if it had not been for the car wreck. Uh, if it had not, come on somebody, those are just the things we can see. Uh, but I could also talk about the things we can't see. Uh, had it not been the lonely nights, the long dark times uh, where you were all by yourself uh, and tears begin to flow down your face as you felt all alone uh, full of stress depression and anxiety uh, had it not been for that uh, you would have never learned how to lean on God had it not been for that uh, you'd have stood on your own too saying I don't need nobody else uh, but thank God for those dark times because uh, it was those dark times that taught me how to lean uh, is those tough times that taught me how to lean uh, is those difficult moments that taught me how to lean uh, and leaning uh, is worship. Leaning is worship. If it had not been for that moment, I'd have been standing by myself. But if I have to lean, I made a decision. I'm going to lean on God. Amen. When we all realize that we lean, amen, nobody is able to stand on their own too. Everybody leans. Don't let anybody fool you. Well, they got a nice house, nice car, a white picket fence, and a dog named Scruffy. Eventually, I'm going to do that. I'm going to get a white picket fence, and I'm going to name my dog Scruffy just so I can preach about it. But hallelujah. They got that. And you think, man, they're a lawyer, a doctor, whatever it might be. Nothing wrong in their life. They're leaning all right. <laughs> you better believe that they're leaning. They're leaning. Our world knows how to lean. Amen. Hallelujah. Our world leans on some things. Amen. They lean on drugs. They lean on alcohol. They lean on prescription medication just to get through the day or through the week. They lean on one-night stands and parties. They lean themselves on relationship after relationship. They lean themselves on counseling. and They lean themselves on Facebook. and They lean themselves on social media and Instagram. They lean themselves on TikTok. They lean themselves on Snapchat. They lean themselves themselves, uh, amen, on all these dating apps, uh, amen, they lean themselves, uh, if I can get another relationship, I'll be happy, uh, if I can get somebody else uh, that'll come by and give me a little pick-me-up, uh, I'll be doing a little bit better, uh, our world's leaning right now, uh, they're leaning into all of these other things, but leaning is worship. They lean on drugs to get them through a tough time uh, only to have drugs leave them in a tougher time. Uh, I'm not preaching somewhere I haven't experienced. Uh, my father uh, would get up and go to work every day because he had bills to pay. Uh, amen. And when he got home, he'd just take a little bit of whiskey, uh, amen, to help him uh, with the problem that he had, the pain that he had. Uh, amen. And that was just to help him. Uh, he was leaning on the whiskey until the next day he came home with a little more pain and he needed two shots, not just one. And, and then it became 
three shots and four shots, and, and then it was too much. He couldn't get through the work uh, without showing up to work with one shot. And, and it started escalating and escalating and escalating. What he was leaning on uh, led to drugs, and it led to further things, and it led to prescription medications where he carried in like some of you take fishing tackle. That's how many pills he took by the end of his life. Amen. Just to kind of get through life. What was happening? He was leaning, trying to make it through life. He was leaning. But when you lean on things of this world, they always leave you worse than you were before. Oh, somebody ought to pray. Come on, somebody ought to pray. I came to preach to somebody. You ought to pray right now. There's some folks you are leaning on some things. Amen. You are leaning on YouTube to medicate your way. You are leaning on all of these other external things. Amen. To help your brain go somewhere else so you don't have to focus on where you're, you're struggling, where you got pain. But God sent a preacher to help you. This world leans on relationships and alcohol and drugs. You know what they call that? Codependency. Codependency. The issue with codependency is that the individual that has it, amen, they end up exerting way too much pressure on the thing that they're dependent on. Hallelujah. We got some folks that have been in codependent relationships. They've been taught the lie that two halves make a whole. Can I preach to somebody? Two halves don't make a whole. This is why people are, well, I'm going to match up with them on Tinder, and their, their brokenness is going to fix my brokenness. That doesn't work. Amen. Two halves don't make a whole. Amen. God wants to make you whole because he said the two holes shall be one. Hallelujah. Can I just do a little marriage counseling in the house of the Lord? Amen. Why are we having so many problems? I'll tell you what it is. You need to focus on number one and say, God, make me whole so I can be a better spouse because two halves don't make a whole. you got to make me whole and God make them whole so both of us can be one whole individual so we don't have to be dependent. Amen. And crush one another with our deficiencies. Well, that's just how I am. Pray until you're no longer that way. Pray until you all alters you. Lean in until he changes you. When you're no longer so sharp and so cutthroat, lean in until you have to lean on God every moment of every day. You'll have a better life. You'll have a better marriage. You'll have a better experience in church. You'll have a better worship life if you learn to lean on the right one. Oh, hallelujah. People get codependent and they put all their weight and their pressure Upon their spouse, upon their kids. Well, if I just, I, I, I won't get into that. I know people, let me just put it that way. They think if I just have one more kid with this other individual, then they'll love me. I'm related to them. Hallelujah. If I just have one more kid, that kid has to love me. Hallelujah. We don't have kids so they can love us. We have kids so we can love them. Amen. But there's a, there's a world out there that's saying, I'll put all the pressure and expectation upon this, this unborn child. Amen. To all of a sudden be all the joy I need in life. And they put that pressure on this individual. That, amen. To now bring them joy. And that kid goes off and does whatever they're going to do because they're an individual themselves. Amen. And so they, they realize that's not working out. So they find something else. So they lean on that. And when that crumbles below them, they get a new boyfriend. When that crumbles below them, they get something else. They get a new job. When that job doesn't work out, they get another one. When they get 
get sick of this. They move on to that. What's happening? Amen. They're breaking all of the staffs they're leaning upon. Everything they're putting their pressure on is falling apart, and it's leaving them lonelier than where they were when they first got up and they first got started. It's leaving them more depressed than they ever were. This world is leaning. Amen. They're saying this thing or this person is going to be strong enough, and they are worshiping that whether they know it or not by leaning on it. Amen. But they're crushing this because no person can handle your lean, and no individual and no, nobody else can handle the pressures that are going on in you. There's only one that you and I can lean on that is strong enough to hold us up. Come on, let's stand across the middle, lift up our hands. Come on, let's pray all across this building. Come on, let's pray across this building. There's people in this house you've been leaning, but you've been leaning on all the wrong things. And God sent a preacher to redirect you. Amen. I want to tell you, let me help somebody here today. It is not a problem that you and I lean. We all do it. Amen. We all have pressure. We all have struggle. In fact, there is an element there where you can, in fact, lean upon your brothers and sisters. You can lean upon your Everybody around you, amen, if they're a good friend, they'll help you for once, once in a while, right? Amen. The people will be there for you when you're struggling, when you're down and out. Amen. But you can't make them God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You, 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 might, you might think this is the answer, but the moment you think this is the answer, you just made this God. Or this person, God. Or this activity, God. Or this, come on, somebody. Or whatever this individual is, God. Because you're saying you're going to hold me up. Everybody leans. From the pulpit to the pew, everybody leans. We all have damage in our life. There's times, man, somebody says something to me, and I realize that just tripped me up. Because they just hit on a bruise, and it hurt. Amen. The question is not whether you lean. The question is, where do you lean? The question is not if you lean. The question is, what do you lean on? The question is not, do you lean? The question is, who do you lean on? This is why prayer is both an act of humility and of worship. It's an act of humility because in that moment we are admitting that we do not have all the answers, that we cannot make it by ourselves. We admit to God that we are leaning and we've chosen to lean upon Him and we need His help. It is worship because it is that we have leaned upon God for our help and we've made Him the Savior of us all. Church, we got something to lean on here today. If you're visiting, you've been in church a while. We have a staff called the cross. It's more than just an emblem people wear around their neck. I want to tell you what that cross does. For all your deficiencies and inadequacies, all your depressions and anxieties, you can go to the foot of the cross and you can lean up on it and say, God, I can't do it by myself. 
God, I, I don't even know how I'm going to make it through the week, through the month, through the year. And I promise you, if you go to the foot of the cross in your prayer, amen, God's going to lift you up. The blood of Jesus is going to wash you and cleanse you because it was on that cross that we have a Savior named Jesus Christ. Amen. And when you lean upon your Savior, you're saying, God, I've tried to do it by myself, but it hasn't worked. And God, today I'm making a decision. I'm going to lean, but I'm not leaning on my own understanding. I'm not leaning on my own strength. I'm leaning on the Savior named Jesus. There are some people that you are one trial away from really leaning on God. But it doesn't have to take a trial for you to lean on God. But prom I promise you this, if you're Jacob, God will bring that trial to help you lean his direction. Amen. If you're off balance, the other direction, God's going to bring you back his direction. Jacob, he got, he got to the point where God, amen, caused him to lean, but he started leaning towards God. From that moment forward, amen, can I tell somebody that reliance on God is the very birthplace, it is the manger of worship. Jacob didn't really worship God before his limp, but afterwards he worshiped even as the day he was dying, leaning, amen, and saying, God, I'm leaning on something that's stronger than me. Amen, you read your Bible and you find that Mary and Martha, they did not worship and they did not serve or work, but after, amen, they lost their brother, amen, and they had an encounter with God. The Bible says she broke an alabaster box. She laid at his feet. What happened? She learned how to lean, and the both ladies learned how to lean on God, and they worshiped and served God like they never had before. Amen. I come to preach to somebody that you have not relied on God to this point, but God God sent your pastor to this house to tell you, if you got to lean anywhere, don't lean like the world leans on entertainment, on Netflix, on social media, on another relationship, but lean yourself onto Jesus Christ. There's a world, I'm done right here, there's a world that would mock our worship. There's a world that would mock preaching like this. There is a world out there that will mock when you come to the altar. There's a devil that do it too. There's some folks. You see, they went to the altar. Must be really struggling. The altar is not a place for people that are struggling. The altar is a place for people that know where to lean. Guess what you want? Think what you want. I'm going to the altar. Why? Because I'm leaning. <laughs> You might see me, you might see me leaning into church, amen, but you just keep minding your own business because I'm worshiping. And as the song they're about to sing says, this is how I fight my battles. You might, you might see me leaning in to the altar and you might think I've got deep sin and struggles, but I'm worshiping. Mind your own business because this is how I'm going to fight my battles through worship. You might see me leaning into my shout and into my dance and I look dumb to you but leave me alone I'm leaning I'm worshiping this is gonna help I'm gonna fight this is how I'm gonna serve the Lord you might see me leaning into the offering and you think it's ridiculous why are you doing that but this is how I'm gonna fight my battles you might see me leaning going to church service after service after service prayer meeting after prayer meeting 
coming at the prayer meeting, uh, reading verse after verse, chapter after chapter. What are you doing? I'll tell you what I'm doing. I learned where to lean. And I've made it up in my mind. I've learned where to lean. And you can make fun of me. You can think that it's absolute, just ridiculous. There's no point to it. But I have made up my mind. The world leans, but they lean on drugs, alcohol, relationships, social media, medication. But I made it up in my mind. My family's coming to church. As for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. Well, you're dying. Shouldn't you be writing a will? No, I'm not writing a will. You know what I'm doing? I'm worshiping. I came to church. Well, aren't you hurting? Yes, I'm in pain, but I came to church anyhow. Well, you got a bad report from the doctor. Yeah, I know I did, but I made it up in my mind. With my dying breath, this is how I'm going to worship God, that my lean is worship to the Lord. Would you lift up your hands all across this house? Come on, let's pray. Come on, let's pray. Come on. You've relied on you. You lean on yourself. And you worship yourself that way. You've leaned on other people. And you worship those other people that way. You've, leaned, you've relied on other things to get you through the week. But that's worship, honey. But I've made up in my mind. I'm going to come to the house of the Lord on a Sunday, on a Wednesday, on a prayer meeting, on an off night. I'm going to come when no one else is around. I'm going to open up the door. I'm going to come down to this altar. I'm going to pray because this is how I'm going to lean. This is where I'm going to lean. I've made it up in my mind. I might be, I might be hurt. I might be broken, but I will lean myself into the church. I'm not leaning away from church. I'm not leaning out of church. I'm not leaning out of service. I'm not leaning out of worship. I'm leaning into it. Somebody lift up your hands. Let's pray. I'm done preaching. Hallelujah. Come on, let's pray. Come on. Come on. I'm leaning just like everybody else. But where I lean and how I lean and who I lean on to makes all the difference. And it makes all the difference for you. Come on, I want to open up this altar. Would you come? What are you doing when you come down to the altar? I'll tell you what you're doing. You might fumble your way down to the altar. You might limp your way down to the altar. But it's your limp that leads to worship. Well, Pastor, our family's struggling. Limp your way to the altar. But make the altar the staff you hold on to. Well, our finances are struggling. Limp your way to the offering and say, God, I'm going to make you the Lord of all. God, our marriage is struggling. Limp your way. Amen to the word of God, to the house of the Lord. Pray, worship together, get at the altar together. Lay hands on one another and pray in the name of Jesus. Let God heal you. Let God make you whole so you can be the the spouse you're supposed to be so you can be the husband or wife you're supposed to be so you can be the parent you're supposed to be lean into Jesus lean into Jesus I'm overwhelmed lift your way in your overwhelmed self and fight for yourself come on let's pray come on let's pray in the name of Jesus My comfort, the Lord's my comfort. The 
This is where I'm leading. This is how I'm 